are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. You can also find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. And like I tell you at the beginning of every episode, I was a credential media member at the beginning of the 2019-2020 season, so that kind of makes me a big deal. Uh, but we're recording this on the night of May 9th, right after the Pistons lost to the Chicago Bulls. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. If you were on Twitter, active at all, if you guys are a part of Pistons Twitter, if you're not, I recommend you guys do. I recommend you guys go on there and follow me at NBA. But if you guys were aware of what was going on on Twitter today, there was quite the argument quite the narrative being said about Killian Hayes all day the quite the argument I was at the center of it and then Killian came out tonight against the Bulls and dropped a career high 21 points eight assists and seven rebounds on 917 shooting three six from deep so you know I think that was a perfect way to cap up what's going what went on today and we're going to talk about that to start off the podcast then we'll also probably get even more deep into Killian Hayes in the future and what we have coming on Tuesday's podcast which will tie into what went on on Twitter today and this big argument going on amongst the Pistons community. And then we'll also talk about Isaiah Stewart and some other players, but really Isaiah Stewart and what he showed today against the Bulls as well. But first, let's talk about Killian Hayes real quick. Like I said, Killian dropped 21 points tonight, and it's obviously his career high. So I can't help but feel like that Killian went and checked out my Twitter before this game and was like, you know what, I have to come out here. Let's try to be more aggressive because the center point, of today's argument, the center point of all this discourse going on amongst the Pistons fans and Pistons community today was centered around a Twitter account named Dialed in Detroit. And I don't know if any of you guys are are familiar with them at all, but they are probably most popular for absolutely hating Andre Drummond while he was here with the Pistons and finding any way possible to hate on him. I think that's probably what they're most popular for right now amongst the Pistons community. And they're also apparently not big fans of Killian Hayes. And one of the things that they tweeted today, I tweeted out a clip, and like I've mentioned to you guys before, I do a ton of film breakdowns. I did another one today on my Twitter. So make sure if you guys want to see those, make sure you follow me at NBA. But I did another one about Killian Hayes, and they made sure to quote it and say something along the line. I was, I was talking about how Killian gets stuck in between passing and shooting and some of these like pick-and-roll floaters that he takes. And it's usually the ones he misses. He gets he looks to pass first, and then he's in the air. He has to throw up a uh unorthodox runner i was talking about it and they quoted it and basically said see this is why we don't believe he can be a franchise point guard he's not gonna be that great he doesn't have that x factor and of course i replied and talked about how i don't get like if you're watching killian hayes and the criticisms you're coming away from killian hayes is that he doesn't have that I guess what they are saying is, I, I guess you can chug up to Mamba mentality. I guess what that's what was being said. I guess that's what, what they were going for. He doesn't have that Mamba mentality or that that dog in him or something because he gets he doesn't want to score right now. I guess that's what they were going for. But if that's what your critique is of Killing Hayes instead of actually analyzing the game and and like talking about, okay, well, 
he probably should have shot this, or he needs to use his right hand more, or he's able to get separation on guys, but he needs to be more aggressive once he gets this separation, or like actual things that have to do with the game. If that's if you're not talking about that, and you're talking about these like these like things that ESPN talks about on debate shows, these like these imaginary things that drives like debates but don't really hold any real value if you play sports. I, I just have a real problem with that. So that's what started it all. And it all it became a big old argument, a big thing within Pistons Twitter, within the Pistons community. And the main thing really being said was that my my stance was Kalen Hayes is in game twenty two of his career. Actually I believe tonight was game twenty two or twenty three. Either way, he's early in his career. He has plenty of time to learn to be aggressive. That's not what we should be looking at. We should be looking at other things and actually analyzing his game like I like I mentioned earlier with the the way he can create separation, but doesn't shoot off it. That's something you want to see improvement on. Mention some of his strengths, but also talk about his flaws. Talk about why you see, because he definitely has shown why we people believe in him so much and why people are so high on him. Talk about those reasons, what you see from him that makes you see, okay, I can see why people believe so much in him. This is blah, 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 why. But then also, if you see these flaws and things that concern you, then say, okay, well, these are the things that can get him to where he can be, but this is also the things that could possibly hold him back from getting there, and that's what I think that I've done. I think a lot of people who are good at that job and good at what they're doing, they do that, and I think I've been really fair with that. I try to do do that kind of analysis with all the players, including Seiku, uh, and by the way, I was asked to stop doing the whole redacted bit because apparently they someone found it disrespectful to his family, whatever. Not his family, not Seiku's actual family, but one of the listeners said that they found it disrespectful. So I'm just going to go ahead and stop doing that because don't want to cause any controversy with that. But anyways, I try to be fair with my analysis of Seiku. Talk about the things he struggles with and when he messes up, but also talk about the things I see that show why he, he can reach a certain level. Same thing with Killian, same thing with Sadiq, same thing with Isaiah Stewart, which we're going to talk about later in the episode. But I feel like that's what your job is if you're trying to be in this kind of career or this kind of community when you're trying to like analyze games and try to give opinions on sports that's what you want to do and I feel like that that account really struggles with that and does this a lot where like I believe a few like one of my very first podcasts I mentioned this how people they were the people who started this I said this on one of my first podcasts when I said Someone was mentioning how, oh, well, Killian's not having this great rookie season. Like all these Hall of Fame point guards. And then goes on to mention Hall of Fame point guards. If your comparison to Killian Hayes is that he's not performing at a level these Hall of Fame point guards did his rookie season, it's just like you're, you're very clearly not capable of analyzing his game. Because, it's, first of all, that's just so ridiculous to try to compare him to Hall of Famers. And two, he's a rookie. Everyone develops at different rates. And three, that's not what you should be talking about. That's stuff, like I said for ESPN uh, first take or undisputed stuff like that when you can't really analyze the game and what's happening play by play within like these plays and things that show you strengths, weaknesses, etc. If you can't point those out, you have to fall back on, oh, well, you know, look at his stats. He's not matching up with Steph Curry, his rookie season, or matching up with MVP Derrick Rose's rookie. Like if, if that's what you're doing, you just shouldn't really be talking about it. And that was my biggest problem with it. And that's what caused this big argument. So I think it was really cool that after this whole thing went off and it was like this big, huge thing amongst the business community, Killian then went out tonight and had easily his best game of his career tonight. Easily, like not even close. Easily the best game of his career tonight because he was being so aggressive. And one of the things that I mentioned, which I believe I haven't said it yet, I've been ranting a little bit, so if I said this, I'm sorry, but I don't think I've said this yet, is if, you're, if your criticisms of Killian is his aggressiveness, 
it's kind of the same thing I heard about Lonzo Ball his rookie season. And like you guys have, I would like to compare Killian at this point to where Lonzo was at that point. I like to do that comparison a lot. But it's the same thing I liked. I heard from Lonzo, Lonzo haters that he wasn't aggressive. Now he used to be more aggressive. A lot of things that that's a lot of the thing that you heard from Stephen A. Smith on first. Like again, going back to the fact that this is the stuff you don't really see, like people who like are analyzing the game really say. Like eventually, yes, you need to be aggressive. And that 100% is something that Killian has to improve on. But at game 22, and for Alonzo, since I'm making that comparison, in his rookie season, it's just way too early to try and make that, like, your main criticism. Like, there are other things that they need to be working on. There's other things that they, they need to be trying to get better at. And there's other things you can talk about within their game. Like, if they want to mention, if people want to mention with Killian that, along with their aggressiveness, that he doesn't get enough separation on some drives. Okay, mention that. If you want to mention that he gets people with his moves, I, I mentioned before how his, his handle really creates some room on some of his moves. He's really creative with some of the moves he puts together. But then when he gets players, he doesn't really take advantage of that. Is that like If that's something you want to criticize, criticize that. If you want to criticize the fact that he's not really shooting well from outside and that he likes to kick his foot out on a lot of his jumpers when he and it kind of throws them off balance, and not like fadeaways, but just set shots. Like, little things like that. If you want to do actual analysis, those are the kind of things that you want to point out about Killian improving and stuff. Not not saying, oh, he's not being aggressive, and since he's not aggressive in game 22, he can't be great because all these other Hall of Fame point guards are great to start off. Completely dismissing the point there's a ton of great point guards in the game still today that were not amazing to start off. And point guard is one of the hardest positions to learn in the NBA. So just because there's, it's just, whatever. That, that You guys get what I'm saying. And that's that was the biggest rant. That was the biggest point of everything going on today and what caused the biggest issues amongst the Pistons community. So now that I gave you guys, like, the background of what was going on today and why this game really matters so much amongst the Pistons community, if you have if you missed it on Twitter, which, once again, I, I advise you guys to go on Twitter, create an account, and follow us all on there. Follow me specifically, at NBA. But now that I give you guys that background, when we come back, we're going to talk about Killian Hayes tonight his game specifically tonight and analyze some of the things he did tonight and why it looks it was so good for him outside of the fact that he just had 21 points some more in-depth things for what he did but before we get to that let me tell you about one of our sponsors indeed you're the hiring expert for your company and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates when you need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier you need indeed indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one two three post screen and interview all on indeed Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed's Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, reduces hiring time by 27%. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with $375 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Again, go to Indeed.com locked for a $75 credit valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So now that I told you guys, gave you guys the background, like I said, of everything that went on and why this game was like so important to people on Twitter and the business community, why it was like blowing up all over the place. It probably would have blew up anyways because Killian had his best game of his career, but why it really like hit harder today. We're going to talk about like things he actually did within the game. Instead of like just talking about the arguments and everything, we're going to actually analyze what he did today. And before I get into that, actually, let me mention, because I did say I was going to tell you guys this. On tomorrow's podcast, on Tuesday, Tuesday's podcast, I'm going to be giving the Dialed in Detroit guys a segment on here to explain themselves and explain their take. Because they are claiming on Twitter, and they're claiming to a lot of us who are who have came at their take, 
and have called them out and have been pretty aggressive with them, that we are misrepresenting them. We are not saying exactly what they mean. And we are putting words in their mouth. I don't feel like that's the case at all. I feel like they're somewhat backtracking and I feel like they don't really want the critiques that they're getting. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm a fair person. I don't want to come off as someone who's just trying to belittle people. And, and I don't, I definitely don't like being, being, uh, framed for lying about what people are saying. So I'm going to give them a segment on Tuesday's podcast and they're going to explain how they feel about Keelan Hayes and what they're actually saying, even though I don't think it's really going to be much different than what I've portrayed to you guys and what you guys have seen on Twitter. But either way, I'm giving them that chance to do so. So you will be seeing that on Tuesday's podcast, but Anyways, let's talk about what Keeling did in today's game specifically. So, before the game, when I was tweeting out these clips, doing my breakdowns of Keeling, I mentioned that I really wanted to see him continue to take these step backs that he seemed so comfortable with. I know a lot of people were saying, oh, before, like before today, saying he needs to eliminate from, that, from his game. It's not really a great shot. It's a tough shot, blah, blah, blah. We don't really want to see him taking those. And I just completely disagreed with it because... From everything I've heard and from the few clips I've watched of Killian overseas, he was doing this step back his whole career. Like, it's one of his most confident moves, comfortable moves. He loves doing it. And the big thing for me is in order to get Killian to be more aggressive and in order to get Killian to feel more comfortable out there scoring, you want him to do what makes him most comfortable and gives him the most confidence. And it's obvious that step back is one of his most comfortable and confident shots, and he feels like he can really hit those. And he hit a few of them at the end of last game against the, who was it? Who was the last game against the Hornets? I forget. I'm blowing. No, the Grizzlies, right? No, no, no. I forget who it was. I think it might have been the Hornets. Whatever. Either way, he hit a few of them before this game against the Bulls. So heading into tonight, he took a couple of those step backs. He took a couple of those along the baseline. His first made shot, I believe, was a pull-up off the right hand, off a pick and roll. Really tough shot from the sideline or the baseline over the help defender, which was really nice to see. The main thing I saw tonight, though, one of the main things I want to point out is the fact that Killian, like I've mentioned on the podcast before, and I mentioned this even earlier, is that he has good moves. He has a great handle, and he's able to create separation with his handle. My criticism has been that he'll create this room and create this advantage for himself and not take advantage of it, actually. Like, he'll, he'll do the move, get the step, and then just, like, stop and won't, won't really do anything with it. Today, he did made stuff happen with it a few times. One time, I'd like to point out specifically, was it's not necessarily in the half court, so it wasn't really an ISO, but it was in transition. And he gave his defender like an in-and-out hezzy. He got a step on him. And instead of pulling it out or looking to pass instantly, he switched into another gear, which is something that Hal, on one of the podcasts he guested on with me last week, mentioned that there's this. he believes that there's untapped athleticism with killing that he just doesn't really notice and hasn't really switched into because he lacks confidence and hasn't been really comfortable. And that play 100% feeds into that. He gave his defender an in-and-out around the three-point line, and once he got the step on him, he exploded into another gear that I didn't know he had, exploded past his defender, and finished over Nikola Vucevic at the rim. Over the rim, over him with a nice left-hand layup. At the, it wasn't, once again, I want to say at the rim. It wasn't a floater that he's been tending to use because he doesn't want to get all the way to the rim. He exploded off the dribble here, off the of in and out, got past his defender, and exploded directly to the rim, and finished with the easy layup. Actually, I wouldn't say easy layup because Vucevic, he had to get over Vucevic, but he made it look easy. And I think that really did a lot for him tonight, gave him more confidence. Again, I think that's the main thing Killian has to do moving forward. When he has the ability to create this separation, to create this advantage for himself, once he realizes that he can then like do something with that advantage, which he did tonight in that play specifically, I feel like it just opens up so much for him and gives him so much more, more confidence. And I think you can very clearly see that with his 21 points tonight. Another thing that has to be mentioned, and I have to kind of eat crow here, and once again, I'm relatively new to this podcast, being the host. 
I feel like a lot of you guys are getting to know me. I have a lot of you guys reaching out to me on Twitter. I'm really cool that, or happy, I mean, that you guys feel like you guys can reach out to me, talk with me, relate enough with me, are comfortable enough with me already to, like, say whatever with me. I really like that. But I know I'm relatively new to this podcast, but something I want you guys to know that I will do, I'm not scared to do, is that I'm going to say a lot of things on here, obviously. I'm going to say a lot of takes. I'm going to say a lot of things that I believe. And if I'm wrong about something... I'm not afraid to admit that I'm wrong. I'll gloat when I'm right, obviously. I'm definitely going to come on here and gloat when I'm right. But when I'm wrong, I'm not going to be one of those guys that go into hiding and are scared to say anything when I'm wrong. And this right here, while it's extremely, extremely small sample size, I have to admit that I was wrong so far about playing Killian Hayes off-ball sometimes because him and him and Saban Lee played a lot tonight together, and they both played off-ball to, uh, at different points in the game when they were playing together. And after the game... Well, obviously the results, Kinley had 21 points and 8 assists. So obviously the results themselves say he was he was playing pretty well. But even after the game, Kinley came out and said that he absolutely loves it and that he felt so comfortable and something that he really looks forward to doing. I believe the quote he said actually was, I want, I am, a, I like being a combo guard. I think he, that was the exact words. I want to pull that up, see if I can find that, find the quote. I believe James Edwards tweeted it. But yeah, I see it right here. James tweeted out that he, that Kinley says he loves playing combo guard alongside Saban. So I have to admit that I was wrong because I really did say that I thought it was a stupid idea to play him off ball because I thought it would get him out of his comfort zone because it's very clearly that he's really comfortable with the ball in his hands. But obviously, maybe he really likes playing off ball too. Maybe he likes being able to do more than one thing. Maybe having the ball in his hands nonstop puts way too much pressure on him right now. And maybe playing him off ball a little bit more encourages him to be more confident when he or, or confident and, and aggressive when he does have the ball in his hands. So, like I said, it's an extremely small sample size. And if he didn't say anything after the game about this, I probably wouldn't be admitting that I was wrong because it's an extremely small sample size. But if the guy's going to come out after the game and says he loves it, then I, I, like, I can't make the argument that he's not comfortable with it because he's openly saying that he likes it. So, I'll admit that I'm wrong. So, I think, one... The fact that he was taking advantage of like the actual advantages he would create finally with his dribble moves, that was a major thing. The amount of confidence that he was playing with because he shot a couple of his step backs. I thought him being able to shoot his step backs and, and not feeling scared to do that really gave him more confidence as well because, like I said, that's his most comfortable move. And I feel like when you feel comfortable, you can play more aggressive. And third, obviously, I feel like probably playing off ball and playing combo guard more Gave him more of an attitude to be like, okay, when I get the ball, I'm, I need to try to go score. So those three things, I think, led to him having such a great night tonight. And it was really a, really a treat to see, to be honest. I know a lot of people had fun with this. I know I had a lot of fun watching it specifically after the arguments that happened today. But really, just in general, seeing Killian be able to break 20 points before this season was really nice to see. Seeing him play so aggressive and confident trying to score. The main thing with Killian that I've mentioned so many times is that he needs to come off the screen looking to score. doesn't mean he has to try to score each time, but if he comes off the screen, the pick and roll, looking to score, it opens up everything because if they're going to give him the shot, the shot will be there, which he took tonight. He actively came off the screen looking to score, and that's why everything was so open for him. But if he's look, coming off just looking to pass, he's, not, he's going to miss reads, like a read to simply take a layup or simply take a pull-up jumper or a runner, or a step-back jumper. Like, these are a part of your reads in the pick and roll. It's not just about passing and finding open guys in the corners or something. Realizing when it's time for you to go score and time, or when the defense is giving you an, a shot to take, that's part of making reads as well in the pick and roll. It's not just about passing. And tonight, I think it was easily... And I know, actually, you know what? Before we switch topics, I know I'm running along a little bit, but I just remembered, I really wanted to say this. 
Dwayne Casey came out with a comment after this game and said something. Let me get the quote actually right in front of me because it really it really irked my nerves. And it's just like I I don't get why you would say this after Killian Hayes' game tonight. So Dwayne Casey said, according to Rod Beard, when he tweeted this out. He says, quote-unquote, as a point guard, you can't have seven turnovers. You have to know the speed of the game and how quickly those passing lanes close up. So, listen, obviously, no no duh. You can you don't want your point guard to have seven turnovers. But after a game that Killian had tonight, where he's finally showing this aggressiveness, and he feels so open, he's playing so freely and looking to score and just having such a great game overall, I, I just don't understand why you would come out publicly then and say this. Like, you don't want to discourage him to be aggressive. You want him to continue to feel like he needs to be aggressive. So, yes, while you don't want seven turnovers from your point guard when you're trying to win a championship, him having seven turnovers right now isn't that big of a deal if it leads to him having 21-8-7. and seven. If it leads to him having his best game of the year and him being aggressive, then you eat that bullet. And if you watch the game, those seven turnovers, yes, you don't want seven turnovers. He still played a really good game. Like, the, the raw turnover numbers is not speaking to whether he had a good game or not. Like, it's very clear if you just simply watch the game, he had a really good game outside the seven turn- turnovers. So I just don't get why you would say that. The only thing that can do is hurt. It can't. It doesn't help nobody saying it. I know maybe some people will be like, you're, you're saying you're reading too much into it. But really, I just don't see how that helps at all. It hurts, if anything. But whatever. Don't want to keep going on with that. Let me tell you about a few more of our sponsors. Then we're going to talk about some of the things we saw from Isaiah Stewart. But first off, let me tell you guys a little bit about BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet to. Which betting app is best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's when I found BetOnline AG, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and pops on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. The best-tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredibly tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calories and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try the Boot Bar. Go to BootBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BootBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So, like I said, we're going to talk about Isaiah Stewart and what he showed tonight and some of the things that, like, really could make you question what his ceiling actually is. And, actually, one thing I want to point out, I want to shout out one of the listeners real quick. You guys, you'll know who you are. Someone keeps, <laughs> you guys keep, he keeps messing with me about the whole, God, I forget the dude's name. The Cherry Barcia stuff. The Cherry Barcia troll that, I like, I was messing up with. I think his name's... Oh, God, he's going to kill me for not knowing that. I think it's Jerry Garcia. It might be Freddie Garcia or Jerry Garcia. He's going he's gonna to troll me again about it. But he keeps, every time I tweet every time I tweet something out about the Pistons, he comes up with, like, a quote from that dude. And it, like, fits perfectly. So it got to a point today where I'm like, dude, is he actually, are these actual quotes from him? Or are you just making this up? And apparently it's from him. Apparently the dude has a ton of quotes. 
And I know a lot of you guys, a lot of you older guys who know Bimer Pan are going to be like, duh, do you not know that? How do you not know that? But I did not. And I find it really funny that this listener has been able to keep finding these quotes that fit exactly what I'm saying and I, and continue that troll. So I find that really funny. But either way, let's talk about Isaiah Stewart tonight. So one of the things on the podcast a few days or last week that I talked to you guys about, that if Isaiah Stewart was going to be given more minutes and more freedom and more opportunity down the stretch because the Pistons were tanking, which indeed has been the case, I said I wanted to see him shoot more threes because we had seen him make some. But he went through a stretch where he just wasn't taking them. And even when he was making them, he was only shooting, like, what, like, one a game, two a game, maybe. If he, like, made the first one, he'd shoot a second one. So it's like, I wanted to see him shoot more to see if he could actually hit these. Is he actually good at them? And just to develop them, to give him more confidence in that. And he 100% has done that. Over his last six games, he's shooting three and a half attempts a game. And that's before this game, because, like I told you guys, basketball reference never updates until the next day. And then tonight, he, hits, he shot seven of them. So that, that uh, attempts per game is going to go even higher. So he's doing that. He's not shooting very well before tonight. He was shooting 19%, which is not very good at all. But he is being more aggressive. He's being encouraged to shoot them. Actually, before he, tonight or before that last game against Philly, he had went one, two, three, four games without even hitting one. He shot one, missed all of them, then shot four, missed all of them, shot two, missed all of them, then shot five, missed all of them. So actually it was a pretty rough spell. But either way, he was shooting them which is something I really wanted to see, which was good to see. I wanted to see him be more confident and take them. So that's one thing to talk about tonight. He shot seven threes. He made three of them. But the biggest takeaway from tonight's game from Isaiah Stewart comes off of that. It is directly correlated with that, and it has to do with him attacking closeouts. Now, if Isaiah Stewart is going to be able to hit threes in his career, which it seems like at some point he's going to at least be like a respectable three-point shooter, like it's, I think it's very clear at this point that he's not going to be someone that you can just leave open all game. Like, he may not be a sniper, but I think he can make, he'll can. he be one of those guys that, at the very least, can make you pay once or twice a game if you just leave him wide open. But if he becomes a better shooter than that, like, if he becomes someone who can regularly hit, like, one to two threes per game while shooting, like, three to four attempts a game, attacking closeouts would be a huge counter. And that's something that he did tonight that I don't think anybody had any clue he had the capability of doing. The first one he did, he after hitting like three threes, him and Nikola Vucevic were also just like giving each other wild open shots. I think Vucevic missed all of his seven threes. No, he went one of eight. But Stu was just giving him wide open shots, and Vucevic basically was doing the same thing to Stewart as well. So they were both were just like not playing much defense on each other outside. But anyways, Stewart was able to make him pay three times tonight. He shot three of seven. In the fourth quarter, Vucevic was like, okay, this dude hit three. I got to check up on this. And late in the fourth quarter, he came out to close on Isaiah Stewart on a pick-and-pop attempt, and Isaiah Stewart gave him a pump fake. He went flying by, and Stu put the ball on the floor, took it all the way to the rim, got fouled, and finished. Now listen, I understand with the film not in front of you just listening to me say it, you don't really understand or can't really have the full understanding of how insane that is. But that right there is such a big development in someone's game. If he's capable of adding that to his game, that is huge. That's something that will make you question what his ceiling actually is. If Isaiah Stewart can battle inside, has good touch inside, and is able to finish like in the post or finish down low every now and then with a couple of good moves, also hit threes from deep on a regular basis, and then also make you pay when you do close out on him and get to the rim, that is, he's a threat from everywhere. That completely changes your offense. If you have a big man, your center is able to space the floor, score down low, score from deep, but then also make people pay for overplaying him from deep, 
it, it really makes it tough for a team to guard. And then he did it again after this possession against Vucevic. I don't, I think you, I don't believe it was against Vucevic the second time. But the second time, he did it exactly again. He put the ball on the ground after a pump fake, got to the rim, and sco- scored an and one again, like twice in, in like within like a three minute span. It was crazy because Isaiah Stewart is one of those. One of the best stories of this season for the Pistons, because I swear to God, before the season, everyone clowned this pick, and even I said that, like, as I'm watching him in the preseason, I didn't see when I didn't think he would be ready to play at all this season, and he has made such insane developments throughout the season. Like at the beginning of the season, we were told he would start shooting threes next year. He's already shooting threes. We were told that he wasn't very good, or wasn't very athletic. I think he's shown to be a little bit more athletic than people were making it out to be. And now we're talking, and before this season ends, you have me on the podcast talking about the possibility of him being able to put the ball on the floor and attacking closeouts. This is all within his rookie season. Like, these are things that you expect the players to develop in their first offseason. Okay, now their second offseason. Okay, now their third offseason. Now now let's put it together in the fourth offseason. These are developments that you don't see people make all in one season. This dude is insane. This dude obviously works insanely hard. He is insanely motivated, has great work ethic, and I I don't think I may have said this on this podcast, but I did say it on, like, one of my YouTube videos, is that at the beginning of the season, if there is a player that I'll bet on, if there's a player I want to bet on, I should say, to figure it out in the NBA and be really good, it's the player who is constantly working hard, who players are saying are constantly staying after practice to watch film, going in early before practice to watch film, finding any way to be better and accepting criticism, and then also has insane work ethic in the gym or in, in working out, etc. That's the player I'm going to bet on. And, and by all accounts, that's all we've heard about Isaiah Stewart. He is, has an insane work ethic and just wants to be great. And I think that's been proven his rookie season because he's literally making developments that you don't see players make during a season. You see these players make them in the offseason. It's crazy to watch. If he can add attacking closeouts to his game, watch out. He's going to be insanely good if he can do that. Like, I know we've talked about him being, like, really, like, good, like a starting center in the NBA. Just, like, if he can develop the core skills that we had seen before, like, the last few months. But I'll tell you this right now. If that is legit, if, like, this isn't just, like, one game. Obviously, it's an extremely small sample size. So let's not get too carried away. But it was extremely fun to see. And if he can add that to his game, if that's something he can legit make a part of his game, attacking closeouts his ceiling is like unquestionably high. Like no doubt. There is no doubt about it. If he can start doing that, it's unquestionably high. I don't, I don't want to put a cap on his ceiling. Cause that is something that you expect. Like, you know how people talk about unicorns? Like that's something you want to see from seven footers. That's something you want to see from your center. Like those are things that like make your center unique and a tough guard and make your team special because you have something that other teams usually don't have. Not a lot of teams have centers who are capable of just putting the ball on the ground, shooting from deep, attacking inside, and going to the rim. Like, not a lot of teams have that. So if the Pistons do, if that's something he ends up actually making part of his game, like, going forward, Pistons have something unique that a lot of teams want. And that will make them, that will make them tough in the future, and that will make Isaiah Stewart extremely tough in the future for opposing guys guarding him. But... That's all I've got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I mentioned to you guys on Tuesday's podcast, we will be having Dialed in Detroit on here to give their reasoning or their explanation for why they say what they say about Killian Hayes. And if they feel like people are putting words in their mouth, they will get their chance to explain that. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm sure it will be pretty fun for you guys to listen to. I'm, I'm, I'll say that. That's all I'm going to say about it. But <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys have a great day. And I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace out, everybody.